Hey, beautiful, multidimensional, bright, shining, heart-centered soul fam. Welcome to today's Ceremony Circle podcast journey. For anyone new to the show, I am your host, shaman, and author of the best-selling book, Animal Power, Allison Charles. And I want to let you know that we are now entering into the closing episodes that close out an epic season two of Ceremony Circle. I want to thank each and every one of you for saying yes to your own expansion and sitting by the fire with us for every episode. Your presence and magic are felt, and it's precisely in that space of leaning into our own evolution and inner work that we can be of greatest service for this planet and all of the worlds beyond. So thank you for being with me for two potent seasons of Ceremony Circle. And in these last few episodes of season two, I decided to bring unique medicine ways in. You'll either be entering into a space now where you'll actually hear me being interviewed on other amazing podcasts, or you'll be graced with a weekly divination card reading episode from my Animal Power card deck, which is officially released August 16th. I am so proud of it, so excited for you to experience it. And if you already have my best-selling Animal Power book, know that this Animal Power deck is the perfect companion for it. I actually designed it that way, so I cannot wait to hear about the magic that happens for you when you work with both of them together. All right, well, it is good to switch things up every now and again. So with all my heart, I hope you enjoy this momentary change of pace for these last few episodes of season two so that we can all gather together and bring in some new energies into the Ceremony Circle space starting in September when we'll be back with our fiery season three. It's gonna be our best yet. So until then, you're now entering into another dimension. So kick back, enjoy today's episode, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace and blessing, soul family. Adam Jackson here with another episode of the Sacred Sons podcast. But this is not just any other episode. We have a lovely and powerful guest today by the name of Allison Charles. So looking forward to dropping in with Allison on all things animal, power, totems, spirit, shamanic wisdom. Let's go. With that, Sacred Sons, it is spring. The new cycle has begun, and there are a few events that I want you to know about. Coming up next, we have the EMX Utah. The EMX is our initiatory experience. It's rooted in physical and relational alchemy. It's a weekend of connection, confrontation, awareness, and integration. If you know, then you know. Also, if you don't know, if you're treading water, if this is your first time stepping into a quote-unquote safe space to do deep healing work, this is your invitation. EMX Utah, led by our brother, Joe Sparrow, and representing Team Lionheart. Utah, April 28th through May 1st. After that, we have EMX South Carolina, led by Jaguar Head, Kareem, and Jonathan. Shout out to my brothers from Atlanta leading that one. And then after that, EMX Oregon, led by our Wolfpack brother, Bryce Gill. That's in Oregon, May 26th through 29th. And then EMX, we're coming to Austin, Texas. Dragon Spirit, led by our brother, Albert Bastiat, June 9th through June 12th. 12th, Sacred Sons, you do not 
want to miss this experience, if you are interested, please go to sacredsons.com and click on the EMX. All right, with that, our guest today, she is an internationally renowned speaker. She's a best-selling author and host of the Ceremony Circle podcast. She has a new book out called Animal Power, and she is devoted to preserving ancient wisdom practices and traditions while honoring her mission in these modern times. Please welcome Allison Charles. got real, you know, real juiced stuff listening to you, brother. I was like, just, I was, you know, ready to go for it. I'm ready to dive into EMX, even though it's probably all men's. I'm like, woo, the wolf back. And then bringing all bears, dragon spirit in, I was feeling real alive in that intro. Good job. Wow. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I wanted to bring through the animal totems. We do as Sacred Sons, we do our work in teams always. It's group work. And Each team has an animal or spirit totem, which is dope because, you know, I love drawing cards. I love the teachings that animal totems can bring through. And I would love to drop in to all of that today with you. Oh, it's one of my most favorite things to speak about, even when we enter in through the gateways into the infinite realms of the unseen worlds and the seen worlds. Communing and speaking with our power animal friends seems to always rise to the top for me. So I am an open book and ready to dive in. And yeah, just a really quick side note, and I'm only sharing because I feel clear that they would be okay with me sharing, but yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to honor that dragon spirit. I was able to be with Aubert and his lovely wife, Devana, for nature's first baby blessing. And yes, oh, I felt that. Thank you. Mm, that was powerful. Oof. Yes. And during that beautiful time together, or actually before, with permission from them and nature, of course, I was doing a lot of tuning in and accessing into him to see what he wanted for his birthday party. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the dragon, I think, was the first thing that came in for him. So it's cool just to hear it spoken for his dad, Albert. So anyways. Yeah, Albert Bastia, co-founder of Sacred Sons and just an all-around amazing human. He's really tapped in and he really brings through the essence of the dragon. I'm going to ask you later on to kind of give us some teachings around these animals. But before we do that, I want to invite us to take a deep breath for ourselves. (sighs) Just inviting us in this moment to let go of who we think we are, who we think we need to be, to just be in this moment, scanning the body, feeling what is alive and present. And Allison, on this beautiful day, what is most alive within you? Uh, oh, man. Wow. I mean, truly so much. I sit with you in a very, very, very fertile, alive and activated and excitement-filled and expansive time internally and also externally in my life. So there's so many new flowers blooming and blossoming. I'm really seeing the vision of so many of the seeds that have been planted even many lifetimes ago. I'm feeling the emotions of that. It's like I'm very connected in this moment to some prayers and wishes that were set a long time ago. And um, 
Yeah, I'm finally arriving to this present time where so many of them, it's time for so many of those seeds to be born and to spread and to bloom and blossom. So it's a really intriguing time. And then to try to more specifically answer your question, the first thing that popped in was my love for my husband, Luke. Yeah, I was in a really wonderful sacred ceremony a few days ago, and he wasn't in that one. And I spent a good portion of the night just crying in my deep, ancient gratitude for him and just what an incredible partner he is. So that's really present in the center of my heart. And also that could potentially be one of those very ancient seeds, you know, Oh yeah, that definitely resonates. Anytime I'm about to conk out and feel like I'm about to pass out, I know there's some <laughs> real deep truths being spoken and um, I just got the the wave. And yeah, I think the prayer to return to a partnership like the one I have with him was set a long, long time ago. And I had to go through, <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, some wild past life, stories that I'm very clear are real and also current lifetime situations that I needed to transcend to get to an embodied place to be with him. So that's very present too. Beautiful. Wow. Very inspired by all of that. I'm going to pick up where you left off on the love. Adam checking in. Everything I do is only through the love and support of my family. My family is the foundation of my life. Truly. And actually, you know, I'm 41 years old. I'll be 42 this year. And as I turned 40, you know, I'm in this four pillars of my life. That's kind of how I see it this time of 40. And so I was thinking, like, what are my four pillars? And of course, family. Boom. Like, to have a family in this time is the highest blessing from our ancestors, from spirit. Truly. And I'm encouraging my brothers, like, who are in committed relationships and wondering about taking that next step or maybe even fearing it. I'm encouraging it. Step in, create children, raise their consciousness. We need you. Let's go. And then, you know, another pillar of my life is God, right? And there it is. And there's nothing more that really needs to be said about that. And then sacred brotherhood and all this beautiful magic that's happening, the sacred brotherhood that supported me from my own experience with my brother growing up to my little homies skateboarding and doing graffiti to the band that I was in touring the world, this brotherhood has been an essence of my soul for this incarnation. It's a part of who I am. I get to share it with others. So sacred. And then land. Land and stewardship. This is where I'm heading. So with that, I just wanted to share with you guys, this is what my foundation of my life is. And I'm so grateful to be blessed in this life. I truly feel blessed. I'm living my best life out here, y'all. <laughs> and with that, I am in. Just wanted to share that frequency and the gratitude I have. Yeah, I'm so glad that you did share that frequency because that's another theme that's been coming in very loud and clear, especially in the last few weeks for me. There's something that moved in and clicked in in an even more clear and potent way. And I haven't put words to it yet, which is why I'm trying to find them now. I haven't spoken to this, but speaking to like in an even more anchored, embodied, 
divinely potent way, like who we really are and the space we're here to truly divinely hold and the frequencies that we've worked so hard to come into true integrity and embodiment of like speaking what those frequencies are. And it's just like a different type of expression and amplification of who I am, what I'm able to share truly and what I've done to get here. If I don't know if that's making sense or resonating, but I'm really glad that you put those stakes in the ground and with such clarity shared what's really powerful for you right now. Thank you. Yeah, I feel it's important, let's say as adults. <laughs> let's just make it simple. As adults, we have to at some point come to terms with who we are authentically and in a real way. And there's a lot of talk in this world, in the spiritual communities, and you are one who is doing some big work. Reading some of these things, including guiding shamanic journeys with over 10,000 people, and even channeling this book, and bringing through your wisdom and like bringing it from the quantum, from the spirit world into this reality. So I really respect that. I understand what that takes, and I don't understand what that takes. So what I wanted to ask you <laughs> after all of that is to say, in this life, what was the first step on this path for you? Ah, and thank you. I want to be present to that acknowledgement. Thank you so much. I've recently been really moved by men who have the capacity and who have put in the work to be at a place where they can see me and have the divine power and humility within themselves to not just see me, but to express what they see and to acknowledge me. And it's really, really healing so deeply healing for me. And I think for the collective, and I think just for all relations, for all relating, you know, so thank you for that. And the first step, wow, I mean, there's been so, so many, but I got a flash vision that came in really strongly. And the same sacred ceremony I mentioned when we first began that I was in a few days ago. And right at the beginning of that ceremony, during the song that you can find on Spotify called The Devi Prayer. It's about 20 minutes long. And as soon as that song started, I was really taken into oh, some childhood stuff that needed some healing. And so it just wants to be spoken again. And then there's probably another clear piece or two that will reveal. But you know, I really did incarnate with this shamanic calling totally encoded within me. You know, it's a soul calling. So I'm very clear that when I popped out here into the earth plane, was always living inside of me. And I get very clear flash visions of myself as a little girl, whether I'm three or six or seven. And those gifts still really being so alive, especially my seership. That's one of, if not my strongest gifts, is my ability to so clearly see. And there are certain things that I'm extra adept at seeing and in terms of people's um, shadows, blind spots, neuroses, just some of the darker aspects of ourselves that we tend to turn a blind eye to. So it really started as young Allie, with the shamanic gifts and spiritual gifts alive, but not long after six or seven, I was at a crossroads. 
And it was a turning point of what do I need to prioritize? Is it my relationship and connection to God goddess, or is it my relationship and connection to my dad? And in that huge pondering as a little shamanic gal, I felt I needed to keep my relationship with my dad alive. And so that really began to suppress a lot of my ancient truths. And in that ceremony a few days ago, I was able to go back to her at both of those ages, three and six, seven, and, and witness her and just acknowledge her. And so that's why the acknowledgement piece is so big for me, as I was able to go back and acknowledge her for those gifts because they were not when I was young. Yeah. Was there a sense of fear of the loss of the relationship with your father if you did go into those gifts? if you did start to lean into that? 100%. And that's, I think, 100% the reason why I felt I had no choice but to choose my dad. Because if I were to stay leaning in and in devotion, because my devotion with great spirit, my own divine soul and great mother earth is show me the way. And I live by the calls and I live in devotion to the forever expanding path that they want me on. And if I were to have chosen my connection with God, goddess, and my seership and other gifts would only get stronger at that young age, I didn't know how those two things could harmonize or equate. If I continued to see, I felt like it would mean the demise of the relationship with my dad. Right. And in your understanding are we coming back into a time where magic is coming back into the realm where the ability to see is coming online for more and more human beings? Is that what's happening or has it always been there and it's been suppressed? I think it's a whole conglomeration. You know, the vision that just popped in is just like this witch's cauldron that holds within it so many different swirls. So I think it's a mix of both of those sprinkles that you mentioned. There's definitely... I'm feeling a belching of clearing. (laughs) Yeah, there's for sure this incredibly powerful, revelatory, energetic plane that's happening right now that's doing shadow reveal, that's doing the extraction, which is what is allowing the veils to get thinner, which is one of the parts that allows even someone who maybe even six months ago was sitting at a desk nine to five and... If the woman next to them liked to pull a card each morning, they would like kind of wrinkle their nose. And that might have been just six months ago. But all of a sudden today, they're feeling this like spurting up energy and they're finding themselves Googling like Reiki healing. The reason all of that, all of those old things are collapsing is because now is the time again, thankfully. Beautiful. This now paradigm. And so do you have a specific lineage or teaching or teacher or series of teachers? Because I want to be honest here. There's so many talk of shamans, and this is a word I try not to use. And yet here we are with the rock star shaman, or not the rock star shaman, with rock star shaman. I think I know a little about the story, but could you just give me your present feelings on what it means to carry the lineage of a shaman and where that comes from? in your path. Thank you for asking these questions. They're so important to talk about, but because they are so big, I always need to do a little tuning in to see like what 
parts want to come through in the answers each time I'm asked this because... And I would love to be clear. I'm coming at you with zero judgment. Yeah. I would love to invite you to speak freely from wherever it comes from in you. There's no debating who you are for me. (laughs) Thank you, brother. Yeah, I know that. I could feel that with you, but I really appreciate you clarifying that energy with it. So, yes, let me go into some of those first two layers So when I had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening, for me, those two things happened simultaneously. And there's a whole story that you can hear on many other podcasts. And that moment in time lifted the veil, shattered my egoic shell, and forever changed my life. From that moment, I was gobsmacked and equal parts terrified, devastated, and also, you know, becoming awakened and connecting with divine truths. From there, I flew back to where I'm from in a very small town in Indiana and spirit continued to send me visions and I had many additional wake-up calls. In those additional visions, I realized I really needed support and I was not at all who I thought I was. So that's when I had my surrender moment. And from that day that I spoke very clearly to great spirit, great mother earth and my own soul, and said, I'm ready to get out of my own way, show me the way, that opened this whole other path. That opened this gateway and this new way of experiencing myself, the earth plane and the unseen realms. So I like to make it clear to anyone listening with eyes and heart open to hear that I never set out on this quest to become anything other than more healed. I never started walking the path to become a shaman, to be a shaman. I set out on the path to heal myself. So my prayer in the surrender was just show me who I need to unite with for healing. And boy, I mean, I was taken into countless, countless, and and still to this day, you know, I'm always led. I still do the work, but I was taken to, I think the two practitioners, the two first healers spirit led me to happened to be both be women shamans. And at the time I didn't think too much of it. It was just like, this is who I need to go to. Uh, One of those women shamans being my aunt. And then through this devotion to healing myself, which went on for many years, my soul and the truth encoded in my soul and my calling was more finally in a place of readiness to activate, to turn on, and to express to me. And when that started to happen, that's when the truth and the medicine held in my truth as being a woman shaman this lifetime began to envelop me. So it was more of a a reconnection and a remembrance. And the other piece I like to make very clear because it is a very powerful medicine name that tends to affect people in two very different ways, <laughs> which I'm very aware of and yeah. um, has not been the of easiest course. part of the path. <laughs> it's kind of a little coyote medicine for you to sit with on your path. You know what I mean? I do. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do. And uh, yeah, so When I was with three other sisters, this was when I was living for about 13, 14 years in New York City. I'll never forget, we were at Peace Food Cafe. This was in the midst of many spiritual fires, 
you know, the kind of breakdowns to break through. I mean, so much falsehood and old things burning off to where, I mean, I was dying, dying, dying. And in this sisterhood luncheon, I was sobbing because I was already being shown the visions of what spirit was asking of me to do as a spiritual teacher. And the visions of being in front of thousands of people with shamanic tools and healing tools and people being smudged as they enter and sacred songs being sung and all of these things. Yet I'm sitting breaking down in Peace Food Cafe, yet given this vision. And I'm like, how do I go from where I'm at to this vision that I'm being asked to step into? And it was in that spiritual fire with my eyes closed and expressing to these three sisters what I was going through, that the medicine name Rock Star Shaman got presented to me. This was not a name or a title that my mind came up with. And when I articulated what was coming in through the downloads and visions, a sister to my left grabbed my arm and said, that's it. And when I opened my eyes, it was like I came out of the trance And I was starting to piece some of the things together and I'll condense the story, but these are really important things to clarify. So when I went home to my place in Brooklyn that night, I was sitting with that name and I could feel the enormity of it and the responsibility of it and the triggering medicine of it. And I thought, oh my God, like, you know, I was joking with a dear brother here in Austin not that long ago, because I think so many of us healers that are meant to be public figure healers, we all traverse this part of like, we don't want titles necessarily, but to, in order to communicate to yeah. the public who we are, they're sometimes and oftentimes necessary. And I said, imagine being given the downloaded name Rockstar Shaman that you got to step into that one. And so we were having a good laugh over that. But I went home. And I called one of the other sisters that was there and I said, and this is something I hold to this day are doing integrity checks. I am relentless with integrity checks and Luke can vouch for that. And I do them probably way too exhaustively at sometimes, but I called her and said the name that came in from an outside perspective, what does that evoke for you? What are your thoughts? And she said, you know, if anybody else ask me about this, I would probably be a hard no, but for you, for some reason, it feels totally right. So that was outside earth realm. Yes. Oh, You're no. like, oh yes. no. Yes. And again, yes. confirmation. And then the funny part, when you start to weave in the like hilarious, like earth parts of it, she's like, you know, you can change your hand. Cause at that time, my Instagram handle was like channel magical. Cause I was working in television and And so she's like, you know, you can change the handle over and just know that 10 seconds later or 10 months later, you can always change it back. I was like, you're right. And I'm starting to burp again. I'm like, you're right. You're right. So excuse me. This is, this is (laughs) integrity check outside number one (laughs) with an earth realm person. Then the next thing I did was Jesus is ascended master. Jesus is my main love and light guide this lifetime. So I went on a guided shamanic journey and only called Jesus forward in that journey. And I can feel it right now. And I called him forward for one intention and one question only. Is this name of ego or is this name what my divine responsibility is? And he looked at me clear as day and said, this is why you are here. 
And so I came out of that shamanic journey, having consulted both this world and the other worlds. And I'm like, oh my Lord. Okay. So then to continue condensing anyone who's been given a medicine name, whether it's directly from great spirit or from a lineage, from an elder in your tribe, you know, I've never met a person who's been given a medicine name that didn't have to massively grow into said medicine name. Yes. And also there's a tradition of like being given the gift and you have to kind of deny it and you're given it again, then you deny, you know, there's a triad of denial before you can actually receive the name because it's not a title. It's an essence of the spirit of the name yes. that you are gifted And so it's a process to even receive something like that. Absolutely. And that process, you know, honestly continues to this day, truly. And there were times, I think I've been working with this medicine name for about a decade now. And there have been times where I've tried, trust me, I've tried to move completely out of it. I still, you know, every month or so do a prayer check-in. Are we still doing this? (laughs) We're still doing this. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just to give that wider context of that dance that you just described, I have moved it to an AKA. I've tried to clear it completely, but that was not to be what was supposed to happen. So then it came back in, you know, loud and clear. And even, you know, I've grown so, 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 so much in this piece, but even knowing how much of the medicine it holds and that it can be triggering for people at times, even to this day, when I hear that someone who's never met me, you know, is speaking ill of me or in a really negatively judgmental way due to the medicine name, it still occasionally sparks up some feelings of like, Oh, that hurts. Still working, you know, still working this piece. This is an important thing you just touched on. It's not only you. Social media has impacted all of us in some type of way, especially our youth, especially young women. And there's cyberbullying. And this is a part of our culture, unfortunately. What kind of tools or what kind of ways do you have to move through facing external judgment, facing unkind words? Like, what, what could you say to somebody who may be feeling it? That way. Yeah, it's making my left eye twitch on this one. Yeah, it's been a pretty big thread that I've had to work pretty diligently for this past decade. And it's a skill set and a texture and a muscle that at least for me, what I can speak to has had to be worked and worked and worked and strengthened and cleared. Because when it would initially happen out of year one, two, or three, when I would hear hurtful things being said about me, I have so many guides that protect me in the unseen realms and things like that. But there was still enough of a permeability in my energetic field that when I would hear about these things, it would literally feel like a sword or a dagger straight to my gut. It would reach me. And then not only would it reach me, but there would be a twisting, a slow twist of the sword and the gut. And I would really be impacted and kind of laid out for a couple of days, to be honest. And it would take me into some rabbit holes of doing like those exhaustive integrity checks of like, am I crazy? Like, is there any validity to this? But having done that (laughs) for so long and worked that line for so long, let me see, there are a couple. So I don't have a quick fix because it took many years for me. But through allowing myself, when something is being spoken, I think a healthy key is, it's like it's a dance and a balance. 
it is important to hear what is being said and to to lean into a certain degree to see, is this a blind spot? Is this person, even though they've never met me, are they somehow seeing something that I've been deluding myself of or that I've been an illusion of? So I think it's very healthy to peer into what was said and to do prayers on it, to sit at your altar, do a meditation, go on a shamanic journey specifically to investigate that. But what has happened for me every single time, and I also know, I think this might be helpful for people, I'm very clear that there was a soul level aspect of me that knew I needed to grow and anchor into this medicine name. And so it called in, it called in these experiences so that I could learn how to fully be in the full strength alignment with holding and carrying this name, Rockstar Shaman. My last little button on this in doing that healthy dance is like when you do it long enough, oh man, there's these affirmation cards that I have over there and it spoke it so clearly. It said something like, I, I don't know, when you get to know enough, a divine truth that you are, you don't waste any time getting pulled into falsehood, but sometimes it can take years to get into that real clear truth of knowing who you are. And through me doing that deep work for this long, I am now genuinely to a place where when I hear of people who are saying really, really hurtful, harmful things, you know, I mean, speaking things that are the total antithesis of who I am, you know, like fraudulent or has no substance or has no depth, like, or, or no sacredness, like things that are the total opposite of my embodiment and how I walk the path. That's where you can easily, you know, get pulled down. But I'm to the place now where I go to my altar and I'm genuinely able to send that person love because it's so clear. I'm so clear in the purity of my heart. I'm so clear in the divine integrity and alignment of my calling and that I live from the instructions of great spirit and great mother earth. And I answer to God, goddess. I don't answer to anybody else. And so I know that the most powerful thing I can do for myself, the world, and that person is to send prayers of love. And so that's what I do. Yeah. It's through building resilience over time. I mean, this is really the path to embodiment. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen with a course. It doesn't happen with a meme. Certainly it happens over time and going back to your prayers. Yeah. Going, tapping back into who you really are. I mean, this is the way to find out. Yes. And I want to hear you talk more, but I can hear this message. It's like, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Where the name <laughs> rock, what the name rock star shaman means is my, how my shamanic path is walked and my connection, the way my transmissions work and my connection point is directly with rock, great mother earth runs through the central line of my being in my heart and then goes directly up into the star part, which is great spirit, source consciousness. So the rock star shaman is that vertical line. That's the line I hold and walk from. And so that's my shamanic way. And I have been able to sit with and learn from in sacred rituals and sit with elders who adhere to a shamanic path that goes directly into a lineage and a tradition line that is earth-based. And I've been very fortunate to have those experiences too. But so far, there's not been an earth-based shamanic tradition where I have heard a call loud enough where I can tell I'm supposed to take that sacred oath for that tradition. So I stay with the rock and the star 
while still giving homage and respect to all First Nations who have carried these traditions for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very sensitive topic too. And there's a lot of reality to it, truly. And it's not about what we name it or what we call it, but there is a feeling coming through where people feel called to share their natural gifts. And it's coming alive through their embodiment, through their being. And largely, especially if you're born in America, you were born in the Midwest. I was born in Dayton, Ohio. Mm, yeah. yeah. We are largely displaced peoples from Europe, oftentimes not knowing where we come from in those ways. And so we source, because we are nature, we source from OG source when we're missing that. It's not a tragedy. It doesn't have to be sad. There is another pathway back to source, and it's right through us because we are of source. So I'm just saying I acknowledge it and I'm recognizing it in my brothers and sisters who are tapped in in that way. Okay, so let's take a deep breath in right here. <sighs> Allison, what is your spirit animal? Ah, wow. Yes, yes. And so in honoring the dance, the conversation that we've been in, so I refer to them as power animals. Power animals. Yes. yes. And so my core power animal happens to be who landed on the cover of the book, and it's the Black Jaguar. Yes. I love that cover. Can we shout out the artist? What is what Yes. Is yes. Name? The artist's name is William Santiago. And I'm thank you for tuning in to the importance of honoring him because he did pass away right upon completing this mm. book. So it's a big <sighs> deal. Wow. And um, it is such an honor to do what I can to keep his legacy alive. Like these all 100 animal illustrations that he created for Animal Power Book were his last works of art. Mm -hmm. Wow. So thanking him so deeply, I always feel so happy to be able to give him the acknowledgement that he deserves because the art was hugely important because I knew every animal, all 100 would have a full page of vibrant art. And it's like, man, this has got to be dialed in so impeccably. So what was the story when you said, yes, it's Willen, correct? Willian, yeah. Willian. What was that moment when you said, yes, Willian, we're going to co-create this together? Yeah, it really was a moment because I was aware once the animals asked me to do this book, because I had flown to Bali to write a totally different book on surrender. And the animals came in my first morning meditation. They're like, psych, that's not uh, the book. <laughs> surrender that surrender book. Yeah, the cosmic sorry. jokes that never end. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's too good. I know you can't make this stuff up. So yeah, they all came in and they were like, and I'd been working with them daily, you know, for you know many, many years at this point. And our trust between us was so deep. And they said, it's time for us to co-create a, a modern day book. Power Animal Guidebook. And so then I contacted my literary agents and everybody was on board, thank goodness. Then the clarity of how important the art would be was one of the first pieces that came in. And so I worked with an incredible publisher, Chronicle Books. And so we really, boy, did we all go on a shamanic journey together for many years, birthing this baby. And uh, right yeah, I know how your attunement and your sensitivities are. So I'm sure you can get some flashes real quick on what that might've been like. 
And so, yeah, we sent each other, like, what do you think about this artist? So it was a real collaborative effort. And they sent me William's work. And the second I saw it, I just knew every cellular aspect in me said yes. And then it was like, you know, can we secure him? And that was a little bit of a dance too, because so many contracts and all the stuff. He said yes. And the cool thing was, I felt such a deep, I mean, clearly we had such a deep soul contract and connection to come together because he lived in South Brazil. So when I got clear that he was the one with the next piece that came in was our activation of the Eagle Condor prophecy and the two of us coming together to further, you know, activate and bring that out into the world. And he didn't even speak a word of English. So I just love that so much that my artist, like who needed to have these animals embody their teachings that I'm sharing in English. Like he had to tap in without even speaking or reading English and somehow, you know, us weaving together for, you know, a couple few years. It just is so impeccable how it all came together. So I definitely, yeah, just, he did such a fantastic job. The initial vision of what I prayed this book would be, number one was the embodiment of just pure divine so that whoever invites it into their hearts and homes receives exact medicine that will serve their highest, greatest earthly good. That was the only goal and intention. And um, he really nailed the transmissions with the art impeccably. Yeah. I'm just looking at some of the pieces now and I'm looking at praying mm. mantis, looking at mm. bat, at coyote oh and the colors, the palettes that come through and the, the simplicity, but the depth that William was able to bring through. It's incredible. What a way to honor him. What a masterful way to exit this realm by leaving this gift. It's such a mystical thing, you know, to finish and then just exit to the other realms. And the day that I got the news that he had passed on, I went out to our balcony to speak to him and send prayers. And I think it was about two or three seconds after I walked out on the balcony, this massive hawk flew just over the top right of my head and I knew it was him. And so he, I feel his presence a lot. And yeah, we have these limited edition. We took his hawk art and turned it into a limited edition poster. And I share at the bottom some of the stories of how he comes to me to just, yeah, do what we can to, to keep his name being spoken. Let's talk about the hawk. I've been seeing hawks. I live in... The mountains near San Diego, California, on the Hamul. And uh, I've been seeing hawks a lot mm. this year. And they're in, they're in the yard. I see them circling. And so in your book, Animal Power, it says the hawk, spiritual remembrance, bigger picture, focus, visionary. Say more about the hawk. Mm. So I'm going to tune in first, and then I'll go to the book. So... Just going to call Hawk forward and see if it has a specific message or anything it wants to communicate now. Speaks first of connection to the sun. So the way when I start to connect with the animals, they'll express a part of a message and I say it so I don't forget it. And then I go back in to go deeper. So it'll be a little bit of a dance of me receiving, speaking, receiving, speaking. So it's, it took me first 
to a vision of it flying like right next to the sun. So I'm going to see why. Mm. It instantly said it's to burn off, to purify. It's a time, and I can actually see the vision of a lot of people going through this as I'm speaking this. And it's similar to what I went through when I had my divine intervention and awakening, where those falsehoods and those limiting lower aspects of ourselves that need to go for anyone that's resonating with what I'm saying, it's time to purify. It's time to let them go. So connecting with the sun, maybe it's going outside, calling in Hawk to be with you and this clarifying process, connecting with the sun. And yes, this might take some bravery or courage, but if it resonates, lean into the call of resonance. And as you're working with the sun and working with the hawk, asking to be shown, you know, what are those limitations? What are those falsehoods? What are those aspects of yourself that have been holding you back from truly getting into divine alignment and letting them present so that you can then see the work that needs to be done to fully let them go. I see a letting go into great mother earth, allowing her to alchemize and turn it all back to love. And I think there's one more piece coming in. So one second. Hawk is saying, I'm fully with you in this process. But a lot of the power animal allies really appreciate and wait for an invitation. And so they like to be called in. They love to be spoken to and invited in. So I most recommend speaking out loud to Hawk, you know, that you that you welcome its medicine, its love, its healing guidance and support into your life, especially through this clearing process. And I think there's just one last piece, one second. And it was a, a final message of, yes, sometimes those processes can be intense. Ooh, hang on. Wow. But trusting, you already have the wings needed. It's just, they're just been laying dormant. So just trust the walking through the coals, trust the entering into the caves, trust that the sun has you, trust that the hawk has you, and trust yourself, because isn't that the ultimate key? Trust yourself. You already have the wings needed. Beautiful. They show up, the animal teachers. I was, as you were speaking, I was having a vision of something that happened at a recent gathering here in San Diego. We were in a cave. There's a cave on the property where we circle up. And in that cave, we went in, we invited brothers into ritual connection, which is what it looks like when a man has some energy to move and steps in the center. Simple as that, but, you know, it could be called different things. But anyways, this brother fell to his knees and he grieved and he prayed. And in the end, when he came out of the cave, everyone looks up and there's a hawk mm -hmm. circling right in front of the mm -hmm. sun, right in front of the sun. And he's shedding and grieving yes. and everyone is beholding this confirmation. So what I want to ask you from here is what is your understanding of what these signs, what these totems, what these symbols truly are for mm. us and how can we lean into them even mm -hmm. more? Thank you so much for bringing that vision in, you know, because Hawk was even saying, because as that voyage that you just shared and Hawk representing that affirmation of what was going on. It's like 
an affirmation on top of an affirmation in this conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? With yeah, Hawk coming yeah. in, showing me exactly what I didn't know. And you, you even said cave. Yes. When you said cave, it took me back there. Mm. That was powerful. Yes. The caves. Yes. Honoring the caves. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, okay. So yes, with these power animal allies, Oh my goodness, each one, every single creature, whether it's my favorite slimy leech friend or, you know, the soaring hawk or the teeny tiny little ladybug or the jaw chomping alligator with all of the scales that you might be intimidated to touch, every single animal and creature that lives here embodies magnificent healing properties and teachings and medicines. And each one is different. And that's why it's just one of my favorite things to talk about in such a wondrous world to lean into and to invite into your life. Because once you get into that unification and that co-creative dance with power animal allies, like they're with you all the time. And like, that's been honestly one of the most profound experiences. The book, Animal Power book only came out March 1st. But even in these three weeks, I have been shared countless, you know, texts, DMs, voice notes, emails from people telling me the wildest, most life-changing yes. stories because they the said, yes, yes, yes. The synchronicities. Exactly. Because this is a living, breathing medicine book. And so anyone that says yes to this is inviting in the miracles and medicine of these allies. And so when this doorway opens, you can learn to connect with them in a few different primary ways. One, I really recommend going on a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman. If you don't know one, you can get the journey for free on my website, alisoncharles.com. I facilitate it with my drum, but you set the intention specifically. And there are differences between supporter power animal friends and your core power animal. Our core is the animal that walks with us every single day this lifetime. And then there are different supporter animals, depending upon what we're going through, what kind of medicine or evolution our soul needs. Different animals will come in for different lengths of time, different chapters to give you that boost, to give you that guidance and medicinal support. So going into an intentional, sacred journey and a ceremonial space to really honor this connection, you know, because it's really important that these relations are done with reverence and honor and a deep bowing, you know, a thank you, like always ending every journey with a deep bow, with a hug, with a connection, with a thank you, and a continued invitation for them to keep working with you if you feel called. So there's the journey. Then, you know, a lot of people are able to connect just, you know, just by closing your eyes. You don't have to go on a full journey, whether you're sitting at your altar for morning meditation calling an animal in that way, or they also like to work in dream time. So you can set the intention before you go to bed, keep a little journal and a pen next to you because sometimes those messages will waft away quickly. So if you want to remember, I recommend writing them down. But then the last little inverse way in why this animal power book is so helpful is because, you know, so this book, the subtitle is 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your Soul. So once you get into and start to digest 
with honor, all the different medicinal teachings and healing properties of all these animals, then you can start to learn how to call them in for different things that you're going through in life. So as you know, you're about to enter into a really intimidating conversation with a loved one that feels confrontational and you're nervous, you might want to call in deer, you know, the path of the heart, the medicine and power of the heart and ask deer to work with you so that you're in that heart-based embodiment. And so that whatever words you speak are coded with love and more able to be received by the person you're speaking to. So you can then intentionally call an animal in to, to help you with certain things. Beautiful. There was a couple of things in there I wanted to comment on, but I kind of got mm. sidetracked because you said dreams. So I feel like it might be time to shift. Yeah. <laughs> so, but before I shift, I felt called to share the ancient tradition that you are actually carrying on because some of the earliest art cave paintings and drawings are of animals. All of the ancient civilizations that we have even a semblance of access to have all drawn and depicted animals as totems and spirits. So what you are doing, what you're channeling is an ancient human tradition. And I think for a lot of us, even as children, like my children, they love to play with little animal figures and, you know, they're yes, fascinated. Because they remember, they know. It's, it's, they know, they know. There you go. Because they remember yes, to remember. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a woman, uh, I was getting a massage the other day and I was checking out. She's like, oh, I have your book and I can't wait for the card deck to come out. And my little boy, uh, we were at a market the other day and he wouldn't let us leave until I got him this little turtle. And and I love hearing stories like this, because as you said, and what evoked me to pick up the dolphin rattle and what's evoking this additional belch, belch number 10 of this interview out <laughs> is what you spoke. And, and, and it also ties into the other question you asked about with shamanism. Many people believe it's the planet's oldest spiritual healing art, oldest spiritual healing tradition. And so while, yes, there are so many sensitivities and so many important things to be mindful of, to be honoring of, especially when it comes to different cultures and never passing on anything unless you're giving permission. And, you know, there's a lot of things to make sure you're working with integrity. But when we're getting to the most ancient truths of these ways, which we're on now, these practices are for all beings. It's everyone's birthright to remember how to connect with earth, the unseen realms, and with animals and our guides. So thank you for bringing it back to that. Absolutely. And so you recently wrote on your Instagram, dreams are a natural technology designed for humans. And, you know, the dream realm, it's been an interesting one, you know, to try to decipher. I would just say my experience with dreams, although I'm not dreaming quite as much, because of ganja, to be honest. <laughs> but like dreams often challenge me because of like the curiosity and what they mean. And so I'm just curious of your own understanding of dreams and what is that technology and what is the usefulness and importance of it? Well, one of the funny things that another elder that's been an off and on teacher of mine for many years, and he was the leader of a shamanic community I'm a part of in Brooklyn. And I'll never forget, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's always such good medicine for me to hear again and to say, and this isn't verbatim from him, but in this ceremony that we were doing, he, in a really joyful way, brought up the pondering of... <laughs> 
I always get a kick out of this. What if this time, like right now, you and I are talking and we think we're awake. What if this is when we're sleeping? And what if when we're asleep and our eyes are closed and we think that we're sleeping, what if that's when we're really awake? Just to let everyone just soak that in to the degree that they want to or that's meant to be for them. But I always love that discombobulating. What that brings up for me is just like, let's come to the acknowledgement that it's equally true. It's equally as real. It's equally as valid. That reality, that subconscious space, that subconscious dimension, it also holds us, I guess is the way I want to say it. And so do you honor it as such? Do you see it as another reality? I definitely do. And I also think it's bringing me again to where a lot of people are currently at in terms of feeling their soul percolating in a different way and feeling themselves resonating and leaning into some of these ancient spiritual practices and arts, sometimes in a more initial way. And when you're in more of those initial steps of the pathway, it can evoke a lot when it evokes certain things, whether it's nervousness or, you know, that is oftentimes where a lot of people shut it down and flee and attempt to run back the other way into the known zone, the comfortable ways of experiencing walking through earth that they have done. I'm getting somewhere, I promise. But in the dream world, for those that might feel a little apprehensive or nervous about fully walking onto the spiritual path and shutting that door behind you and forever going, because where some people shut down is like when it comes to the intangible, right? And so for you and I, we know the unseen realms and worlds are just as real, if not more real, then the waking state, the earth plane. We are plane. students of the unknown, of the unseen. Absolutely. Great, great mystery. And so the dream world can start to be level portal one of opening yourself up to, huh, there's this other place, this other space that has codes, that has visions, that has messages And so if you can begin to open up to what dream state has for you, I think that's a really powerful portal that can then potentially open you up into the infinite realms of the unseen. (laughs) That's right on. (laughs) When you played that dolphin rattle, that's right when Holland ran to this back door. You were playing that dolphin rattle. He ran to the door and started shaking on the door. Like he came in. It's like that dolphin rattle called him right in. I love it. And, and and doesn't he embody like joyful dolphin, like high, higher oh intelligence gosh, energy? Yeah. Yeah. And he loves dolphins, whales, Aww. and sharks. He's been like, those are well, he's clearly real dialed in because he was on cue with that rattle. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So from here, we're going to begin shifting out. You know, I want to say thank you for the work it's taken you to bring this book through. And I know the deck is coming in your own way, this is how you're passing on the tradition. And if nothing else, you are a vessel and a vessel who is like, I see you as someone who's continually stewarding it and allowing it to come through in this new way. And just like, again, going back to this book and the beauty and the serendipitous nature that it came through and honoring Willie and Santiago for his beautiful artwork. The book holds so much more meaning with his life. And his passing. 
Yeah, the fact the shamanic book holds within it the full embodiment of life and death. Yes. I mean, it's beyond words, uh, profound and powerful and medicinal. And I feel like there was one thing based upon what you just said that was wanting to be spoken. Let me see if I can find it or if it went away. I think it was just putting another layer to how you expressed that, that I allow, I am a sacred instrument and it's my greatest honor to be able to say that and to have been able to get to a place through my guides intervening and waking me up through my soul saying yes to the call. So many things that led me to this place to be in such a joyful Ah, fluid, reverent way of experiencing this earth walk where I'm in complete, the fabric of great spirit and I are at one now. And so, yes, to get to a place where it's just so fluid and seamless for me to be able to trust the whispers or the loud and clear boink, the boinks (laughs) on the head, um, you know, in whichever way spirit brings the messages in to get to a place where I so clearly hear and see them and seamlessly align with trust and adherence to that mission piece. Like I said, I live according to God, goddess, and I just can't imagine any other way. And so I just wanted to speak alive, that that's like my greatest honor this lifetime is to be here doing that. (laughs) Truly. And is there any message that you would like to leave with the brothers and sisters who may be listening, who may be a fan of your work, who may be just getting on their particular path? Yes. I'm sure there's something that wants to come in. I just saw a lightning bolt. Let me see what's coming in. Okay. Stand by. It's taking me to a couple of places. So the lightning bolt came in first and it connected down into earth. It took me to you saying that one of your main pillars is being a steward of the land and taking me then to explaining the importance of, can be such a simple ritual, you know, getting sacred tobacco or you know, rose petals, tuning in and meditation or just simply in a quick 10 seconds asking the intelligence of your heart, you know, what is the offering that my land wants? What would nourish, you know, the property you live on, the the land of your town and, you know, whatever element or piece of nature, um, you can never go wrong with sacred tobacco, but the practice, the ritual of simply going to where you're guided to go or out on the land, your yard that you have and placing that offering and giving a deep ancient thanks to the love and light guardians of that land, to great mother, just that practice that takes two seconds to give back. I'm being shown that right now that if we all, everyone sitting doing this ceremony together and this interview, if we would all commit to doing that one act, it would create a monumental, massive change for this whole earth. Thank you. 
that resonates so deeply from the lightning to the land to the offering. It really does. I'm not even going to go into it and explain it, but I just want you to know that that message has been received. I truly feel that that was directly from me. Probably was. We'll just invite everyone else in. Yeah, everybody else give your land blessings because I'm about to go do that right Mm. now. Thank you so much. This was so great. Hey, fam, I want to thank you again for tuning in and sitting by the fire with us. I have truly poured my whole heart and soul into setting a safe and authentic ceremony space for you in every single Ceremony Circle podcast episode. And as we are now more than 65 episodes in, if any one of these shows has uplifted you, benefited you, inspired you, taught you something new, I would greatly appreciate with all of my heart you taking the 10 seconds it takes to positively rate Ceremony Circle on Apple and Spotify podcasts and even share a sentence about why you've been enjoying it so much in the reviews. I really believe in the sacred practice of reciprocity. And as I have given so much these last two seasons, I deeply appreciate feeling some love sent back my way so I can keep this valuable, transformational content coming to you for many seasons to come. Much love.